This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. We'll be getting to the Donald Trump saga in a few minutes, but first we're going to deal with some breaking news you heard on Bob's News. Getting around the city seems to get harder by the day, and that's, of course, a frequent topic here on Fight Back. You're driving along a city street when all of a sudden it comes to a standstill because a construction project has shut down an entire lane of traffic. Not to mention that construction trucks and equipment are taking up most of the lanes that remain. Some days it seems like that is going on on every other block, and if you're on foot, there are blocked sidewalks to contend with. Mayor John Tory announced today that he would no longer be green-lighting automatic lane closures for private developers. So how long is it going to be until we see some relief on the line? I have Jay Robinson, who is chair of the Public Works Committee at City Hall. Hello, Jay. Hi, Libby. Well, uh, this seems to be welcome news. Yes, I've been actually advocating for this for years. Um, I single-handedly pushed to try to increase the fees because developers were simply putting them, Libby, as a line item in their budget. It was just, you know, it was $5.77 per square meter per month. Those were the old fees. Are you kidding me? I'm not kidding you. $5 per square meter per month. Those were the old fees. And now we've we've escalated those dramatically. But I think, Libby, we need to go farther on that. We need to, we need to jack up that price. Okay, now just just give us a sense. So if you've uh, uh, closed down a whole lane of traffic and blocked a sidewalk, I'm, I'm remembering, say, that for a, it, it was years right at Avenue Road in St. Clair. Yeah. Uh, so just a ballpark. So how much would it have cost? Well, uh, prior to um, this term, it would have been $5.77 yeah. per yeah. square meter per month, per yeah. month, not uh, day, per month. So th- so we've now uh, implemented new fees, and now, Libby, they're $26.35 to 105 So it's very location-specific. Um, again, that's per square meter per month. But I think we need to go... We have to be more aggressive on this issue because as you introduced the show, uh, you mentioned these pinch points that create congestion and gridlock in this city. And this is a serious problem in Toronto, and we need to go harder on this. Uh, yeah, but you have, I mean, I'm not clear on how many meters there are. I mean, could you uh, give a ballpark of what it would have cost a developer, you know, doing a big development Per month, maybe. Well, a big development. I guess. I guess Libby in the downtown core, it's more costly. Yeah. Uh, it depends if it's Bay Street or a major arterial road like Bay or Young. So if it's uh, if it would max, it would max out at one hundred and five dollars per square meter per month that they would pay when they're using the cities right away. And so that would be the maximum fee. And and so these guys, they're, unfortunately, they're using it as uh, really uh, a line item, as I said. 
it's just really the cost of doing business for them. Right, but is and it does it come to like that. a couple thousand a month or or what would it what would it end up costing well, I don't, them? I don't have I don't have a I don't have an actual price tag for you, but it would not be very costly, and it's lower than most cities uh, in the Toronto uh, region. Uh, those other cities around us uh, are charging much more than we are. But we've been trying to uh, over the years. The city has wanted to encourage. Uh, you know, de- growth and development and prosperity, but now we're just maxed out. I mean, these developers are really, they're really building from lot line to lot line, and so they have no space left to actually do the construction staging. Okay, so yeah. that's the problem. That's really the problem. So what you heard this morning uh, um, is that at Bathurst and Front, Mm-hmm. They were proposing this this major um, shutdown of of a full lane, and what we negotiated last week was to enable that there still would be two lanes of traffic. Um, but this is where you have streetcar tracks, and so it, it's very complicated. Um, we also did, rejected fully rejected Richmond Street East and West at Victoria and Bathurst, um, and deferred those back to staff to work with the developer to come up with other options. So those were. Shut down, but that's the first time in six years that I've been at City Hall to, uh, that I've seen that happen. So I'm very encouraged that uh, there's a new a new approach at City Hall. So in the past, as long as you put in an application and paid those paltry fees, it, it was approved. Like there was never any. Uh opposition to it. Is that right? It it was absolutely, Libby, rubber stamped. That's what I've watched happen for years, is it was rubber stamped. Yep, this is a cost of doing business. We have to do this. And so, as you said at the top of the show again, this impacts not just vehicles and cyclists, but also uh, pedestrians, because, you know, it it, it impacts how they get around the city. Oh, yeah. There are lots of sidewalks that are uh, shut down. And interesting, I noticed on on the way in today, uh, this is at Dover Court in Queen, there's a big project going on and they've taken up the sidewalk. But their vehicles, and it's it's fairly small and it's residential um, south of Queen, that Uh street. But they they took up the entire other side of the street, the one that was going north with their vehicles. Right. So exactly. Uh, I mean, it just seems nuts, frankly. It, it does, and and the the level of intensification that's happening in Toronto is unprecedented. You and I have talked about that before, and and so with that comes these type of um, impacts that affect the city's ability to, uh, for for flow around the city and congestion and gridlock. So we really wanna we really wanna crack down on this, change the way we're doing business. The status quo, quo uh, the status quo is clearly not working, and we need to look at these case by case and. and be more creative in how we approach these issues. Now, for instance, uh, if you were to say no to a developer and they came back to you and said, well, we can't get our project done otherwise and we're going to sue you, like, do they have recourse? No, they don't have recourse. This is really this. This is one thing where the municipality has not an OMB, which you and I've also talked yes. about. Thank God. Um, but we 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 do have the ability to say no, and but we haven't. So, um, you know, there's uh, Young and Lawrence uh, is my ward, Libby, and there's been these horrible orange and black, um, you know, markers on one lane of traffic for months. And there's been not 
one one bit of activity happening there, and yet they've 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 actually you know rented this lane from the city, and so well, they're just going to continue continue to use it or have it have it actually marked off, and obstruct traffic uh, by an entire lane, even though they're not doing any any construction activity because maybe one day they want to pull up a truck and park there. So it's for their convenience. Yet it's impacting uh, the intersection of Young and Lawrence has for for years and will continue to for months because they've they've paid this paltry fee as you said and they can use it so they will and uh, is there anything that you can do to say revoke something like that no there's nothing we can do it's that all of that would be grandfathered and is in place and has had now the permits only go every six months so what we could do Libby is in six months time look at that permit but um, I'm definitely going to be calling the developer and asking them to out of, out of public interest to address that lane because the congestion that it causes at peak hours morning and, and late afternoon is is ridiculous well it, it as, as I said seems to be on every other block yes it, it, it absolutely is, and that's why I think it's finally forced uh, City Hall to really look at this. As I said, I, I had to fight very hard to get those old fees um, pushed up. I, I, I fought every uh, inch of the way because it's long overdue that these fees are so accessible and reasonable, and as I said, they just consider them a cost of doing business. But I think we really have to look at those fees and look at whether we can, again, once again, put them up. And why was it such a, a battle? It's, it's hard to imagine that, that other uh, councillors' constituents uh, aren't uh, as upset as yours are. Well, the development community came and met with us several times, and they were very, very concerned about it. Uh, so they didn't want it to go up. And then a lot of, a lot of, um, uh, I think a lot of councillors, although they don't want the congestion and gridlock, they they also feel there's a, it's a balancing act, and that you have to somehow uh, help these these developers get their buildings built. But if you if you're just a bit creative about it, um, by using um, lanes that aren't major arterial roads, or even even doing the work on site. Um, some in New York City, they encourage them to do it within the footprint of the property. And uh, if we can push developers harder to use to build their first couple levels and then use those levels as their their construction staging sites. So um, it's just being creative and they've never had to in the past. They've just been able to easily get these rubber stamped and things are going to change in Toronto going forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, in New York, uh, do they just uh, mandate that? How do they get this done? Well, New York, as you know, has a bigger, seri- more serious issues than even we do um, because it's very restricted. And so uh, they, they actually, um, so in some cases, there are exceptions where they do have to use lanes. And I spoke directly with Polly Trottenberg, the head of New York City's Department of Transportation. But what they push very hard is to, for developers to do it within the footprint of the property, to be creative, to build Sometimes they'll give them a permit for a short short period to let them build the first floor, and then they use the first floor as a staging area. So they make that main level, which is usually a little higher, that's where they put their equipment.
equipment, and that's where they do the, their lifting from. I think the biggest challenge is the concrete trucks. Uh, when they're making their deliveries, that's the biggest challenge. But that could be done on an as-needed basis. You don't need to close a, an entire lane, in some cases in our city, for three years oh my goodness. Uh, for the luxury of these developers. And, and one of those proposals before us was for three years. So we've rejected uh, two of the three and asked them to come back uh, to council with uh, finding other ways to stage these sites. And we look forward to seeing what creative ideas they have. But at Bathurst in front, as you saw this morning, we've got them uh, back down to just part of a lane, which allows the, the city to kind of put down line markings that will allow for two, two lanes to continue to be opened, um, and also accommodating the streetcar tracks. Okay, uh, just one more thing before we go. Uh, how long before a motorist or a cyclist or, or even a pedestrian starts to see an improved situation? Well, I think it's going to be a while, to be honest with you, Libby. Um, it's, it's going to be a while because, as I said, many of these have already been approved um, or grandfathered. Uh, but what we're now doing is we've got a laser focus on the ones coming forward, the applications that are coming forward. And we're going to be asking the, uh, these developers to go back to the drawing board and to figure out how to do it in a more uh, effective way that doesn't impact pedestrians and motorists and even, in some cases, cyclists. So I, I would say probably, if I had to estimate, maybe uh, six months to a year. But the sooner the better, um, if we can do this. And I'm going to be, as the Chair of Public Works and uh, overseeing transportation in Toronto, I'm going to be pushing staff hard on this file. Okay. Councillor Jay Robinson, thank you so much. Thank you, Libby. Bye-bye. Bye. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.